Melbourne, Steel Wars is back for three shows only in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Friday, March 30th, Saturday, March 31st, and Monday, April the 2nd at 2pm at the Sub Club in Melbourne City. Plus, there is one weekend of I Love Green Guide Letters podcasts also. Tickets on sale now at SteelWars.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Steel Wars call-in show. I am comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And uh, for the next hour or so, we're going to be taking your calls on the week's Star Wars news. It is an open slate. We can talk about whatever you please. Uh, If you're listening live, you can chat in the chat room, and you can call in... The number is 646-668-8360. And uh, if you're Skyping in from apart from that, it's an American-based phone number. If you're international from America, uh, add a plus one if you Skype in. Or you can call in if you're in America. Or you are overseas and have an amazing international phone plan, which I'm not sure it exists. But... We will bring on our co-host, a good buddy of mine, has the dubious, very, very strange honour of being the only person I've ever defeated in a schmodown, which is, uh, it's hard to believe. It's Shana, the geek girl diva. How you doing, buddy? Oh, Mike, wait a minute. Did I just lose you here? (laughs) You did, during my marvellous introduction, mind you. You know, I heard something. You know what happened? I hope. Oh, never mind. I'm just not going to tell you how technically uh, handicapped I am right now. I'm just going to stop. Hi, I think, thank you. I think that you did that on purpose because in my intro, I was bragging that you were the only person I've ever defeated in a schmodown. And I think yeah, you just and I would pulled like, out the microphone. I appreciate that. And I would just mm-hmm. like to point out that uh, that I'm gonna, I am going to, to have a comeback. I am. I refuse to accept that that is, that is my schmodown experience. And I will say, and now that you've been on the show, it's nerve wracking. Yes. Like, yes. I mean, I, and part of it really is question selection. Cause so much of the time I was like, wait, I know the answer to that one. How come I didn't get that question? Oh, it is even things that you normally know. Like, yeah. I guess we should preface in case people don't know, um, on the Collider's, uh, YouTube channel. They have this trivia competition called the Schmodown. It's uh, pro wrestling meets uh, movie trivia. And we did a special Star Wars Fatal Five Way. And one of my favorite characters in the entire Star Wars universe is Attack of the Clones' the very own Jack Thompson, Sheev. I'm a Sheev. Oh my God. I'm just totally. Why did I get Sheev from? What am I Shmee. doing? Because of Shmi. No, I'm not even trying to say Shmi. Oh, my God. Would you like me to tell the story? Yes, you can. Okay, so one of Steel's favorite characters and and people is in Attack Attack of the Clones. Am I correct? Yes. Okay, in Attack of the Clones is uh, Kleeg Lars, who is played by actor Jack Thompson, who is an Australian legend. And... So we're in the middle of this thing and the question comes up with, you know, basically who's Shmi's husband and poor steel. <laughs> it's like Jack Thompson. Now I want you to know, still, I knew that too. I was like Jack Thompson, but I could not remember Clay Lars for the life of me. So there he is with an answer oh clearly he knows like i mean it's still there like it's part of who he is and he just vapor locks <laughs> and so it's you know I, yeah. I loved him in the film i've got a video of him on youtube yeah. and it just yeah there's something about that on the spot like that that just memory thing that you can just blank that that little bit of the cortex isn't working and then yeah. you're getting absolutely smoked and, and it was uh, great, though, because I knew who the actor was. I'm like right there with you. And I'm like, oh, man. And then, of course, as soon as they say it, you're like, of course, I know that. I 
do know that. Now, I think where maybe a lot of people would have seen your work is on StarWars.com. Quite often you do the uh, like Rebels lists and yes, uh, I do all the, that sort of stuff. Um, Yep, I do uh, the the my favorite moments of each Rebels episode. Rebels is my show for sure, and um, so I get to do that. I also recap Rebels for Sci-Fi Wire and write about the show. And I also clear. I mean, I'll write about anything Star Wars. So Rebels is Rebels is my heart. So yeah, people probably and of course Twitter. Um, but yeah, you pro- if you've read me, you've probably read me on, uh, on starwars.com. So what did you make of the, uh, the second half trailer that we got this week? Oh, I'm so excited. Give um, us your 27 favorite things in that trailer. Go. Okay. His, well, first of all, uh, <laughs> just, I, you know what my favorite part of the trailer was, and it's really simple. But it's Hera looking at the two stormtroopers and being like, you're in so much trouble. And she's like laughing about it because she knows. So, of course, I'm always down for a hair rescue. I'm not 100% sure about Kanan's hair. I'm with Hera on that one. <laughs> um, I loved yeah. the, uh, the nod to Mortis. I can't wait to see where that's going to go. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a Mortisy person. I Here's just, the thing, I, I don't know why, some part of my brain said, because I, and I think part of it was because I know that we've been hearing that, you know, Ahsoka would somehow show up somewhere, some way, and that basically it was a way we wouldn't expect. And so as we got closer, I'm thinking, the only connection I can really come up with, I'm like, maybe Mortis. And then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, you got a lot of stuff yeah. here that's kind of similar, you know, there's, there's, that Ezra's got to go through some stuff and so the more I thought about it I'm like I think Mortis so I went to go watch the Mortis trilogy of Clone Wars and then of course I watched the trailer boom there it was I'm like okay well there you go and I think it's interesting but the nice part about the trailers is no matter what you see you can't really guess and I'm 99% sure that about 90% of that trailer is the first two episodes we're going to see when we get back I've noticed that we tend to use the first couple episodes in the trailers. Yes. Yeah. I kind of think it's going to end in like a mystical, mortisy, like fantastic way. Like it's Mm -hmm. like, and, and that's sort of not the end of Star Wars Rebels that I like. And so I'm sort of, I don't know. I, I think I'm not that excited by it because I'm sort of at peace with it's just not going to end how I like Star Wars. But tons of other people like Star Wars that way. So I'm, I'm hoping that it, also if I lower my expectations and my excitement, <laughs> when it happens, I'll just be like, yes. Well, I think we have a, a couple things that are obviously – and it, this is a little bit like the – the Anakin situation wherein you knew that the prequels had to go in a certain direction because we know where Anakin ends up. So Mm -hmm. by the same token, we know that rebels, you know, we we've, we know from star Wars that the Jedi have been almost completely wiped out. And it's the word almost that I'm having a very good time leaning on right now, just because we don't see uh, Ezra and Kanan later in the later in the canon doesn't to me does not mean they're not somewhere i don't i know people think they're going to die i personally i just i don't and um and i think that uh i think that the mortis thing i think what's interesting is is that one of the things that we still have yet to address is ezra's kind of still pulled to the dark side and what that means for him, but he has to do some, I think he has to go through some stuff. I think the ghost, the, the loath wolves are actually going to be the conduit by which we get the Mortis story because we know they have a force ability and their force ability is really strong. And I think that they have that ability to, to kind of like, if they can fold space time, they can shift dimension. 
so I think they're going to be connected to that. And I think that they're, we're going to get something about Ezra. Um, the, the second episode, which I know freaked a lot of people out, is called Doom. And they then, so of course, everybody's worried Kanan's going to die. But I think somewhere in here, we still, Kanan's got a connection to Lothal. And those wolves are coming in. So, so I just think we're going to get something. I don't think that the Mortis thing is the end. Um, but I do think it's it's going to be a really kind of it's going to set the tone for a few things. So yeah, I I, I this is how I see Star Wars and and, and mm-hmm. the canon of the original trilogy. I I just think they have to die. I I don't think I kind of don't think Ezra will, but I think they should. We did a poll a couple of weeks back about what people think should happen and what mm-hmm. people think will happen. And the winner was that most people thought they should die, but they think that they're not going to. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's like, it's interesting. Like there's sort of no right or wrong about it, but just like how you feel when you interpret, you know, the things that are said in the original trilogy. But to Absolutely. me, to, to balance it out in my mind, how I mm-hmm. like take on the canon, it's time to go. It, it's, it's time to have a, a very sad episode. Yeah, a very special I get that. Episode for Star and Wars it's Rebels. Very po- right, it's very possible we'll get a very special episode of Star Wars Rebels. But I look at it. To me, there's a couple things, and this is, and maybe I'm, you know, in a way, I'm I'm prepared for things to end on. I mean, if it ends on one of those notes where I'm just going to lose everybody, like I'll cry. But in the end, I would be okay with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I get that. I do think, though, that one of the fun things here is that there's been so much conversation about the whole certain point of view thing. And I feel like, you know, Kanan Jarrus has never had a choice as to, like, really about, like, he chose to be a Jedi. He lost he lost his his master. He lost the temple. He's never actually had like the, you know the training he he needs to have. He's come in here and done all of these things for the rebellion and for the galaxy, and he's lost his sight. I mean, like all this stuff is going on, and I feel like there's some part of this where the fact that he's never been actually knighted a Jedi. He was knighted in the temple, and it was a vision. But he's not technically a Jedi. And I feel like at some point, even even Obi-Wan and Yoda would be like, dude, you've given, you've g- you gave at the office. It's really okay for you to like, <laughs> give it up. You know what I mean? Like, go live your life. Go be, a, go be what you've always wanted to be, which is Hera's partner and co-pilot. Just go live your life. You gave. You're good. We, you know, we're not going to pull you out onto the battlefield again. Just disappear it's fine because i don't think he ever you know what i'm saying i think he gets at some point he should get to choose and and that's just that's just me let me ask you this question when you just said all the things that canaan has gone through and you Mm -hmm. said you know he he, is now blind he lost his sight or however you phrased it Mm -hmm. how many how many people listening do you think that you just reminded that canaan was blind? blind I, I don't like, know. Oh yeah, he's blind. I forgot about that. You know, I think I think that that <laughs> anybody who anybody who ships Canera, anybody who 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 loves Kanan and Hera together, I tell you right now, knows he's blind because we all know that whole line about we'll see each other again, and Dave Filoni twisted the knife there. But um, <laughs> I think it's clear, and I do think that part of it is Kanan. Kanan still needs. Um, he doesn't see the way we see. Clearly, he does. You know, he has the ability to see through the force, but it is a different thing. And I like the little things they put into the episodes that actually, like, kind of give you that. So I think that that you know, I think we're going to be able to see it a lot more because he's coming with that. He's coming back with no hair and no mask. So but that makes sense because like he like he like did he cut his hair himself? I guess he's got the four, so he would be able to give himself maybe the best haircut ever. 
no, but yeah, I think I, I tweeted about this, but I think, you know, he lost the, he lost the pauldron, the shoulder armor at the beginning. Uh, I think he, I think, well, I know that season or beginning of season three or season four, sorry, the first episode, it was gone. I don't remember if it was there in the end of three, I'm guessing it was, but the, the armor went at the beginning of the season. The face mask was still in play, but I think that the face mask going, the hair being cut, and his face being shaven, he's basically pulled all his armor. Kanan's finally back to, he's actually being more of a Jedi now than he's ever been, because all the things he did to kind of, I guess, almost cover up what he was, they're all gone. So I'm really intrigued to see where this goes. Interesting. I now, think about this stuff a lot, though. You know. Well, we all give it a little bit of thought. Now, <laughs> Ryan Johnson has had quite a, um, quite an, you know, just a crazy life being a Star Wars fan that grew up to, to make yeah. a Star Wars film like that in yeah. itself is very bad, but got a. Um, everyone was buzzing about this yesterday. His his life hit peak surreal when Stormy Daniels, who is uh, in the news right. due to his, or due to her, sorry, due to her Affair um, with interaction with, yeah. with the good president of the United States, tweeted, and I'm going to censor this, but F you, Ryan Johnson. <gasps> Was so, she really? Now, now, just let's leave anything political out of this for two seconds like all those issues are still there there's no denying that but let's just focus that as a boy telling ryan johnson while he plays with his luke skywalker figure if he could conceive that an adult film star that would, take would be yelling time out him. from being embroiled with a scandal with the president of the united states and taking time out from that to call him out about his star wars film to the That's world's amazing. handheld computer owners. Like, that is... <laughs> That's amazing. I think it's amazing. What a... The world we Ryan live Johnson's, in, right? Ryan Johnson's reality is just... I would just like to point dry. out, though, and this is not... And please, don't take this as a slam. If you didn't like the movie, I totally understand, okay? Please get this. But in this case with Stormy Daniels, I have to say, I think her judgment is a little suspect. Okay. <laughs> I don't think she's made quite the best choices that she could have, but that's just me personally, you know, and that's, and I'm not saying that about being an adult film star. <laughs> hey, Stormy's going to be Stormy. You know what I'm saying? Stormy can be Stormy. I am all for women owning their power. Okay. It's all good. But, um, so but just, that's just, funny though. Just chill out on the trolling, and and yeah, Ryan Johnson retweeted it with a question mark. It was um, of course he did. It was very funny. I thought. Now I'm not sure if you saw this on hmm. the Star Wars show this week. They're on a boat, which yes, was they um, are. But that was kind of cool. I, I like seeing um, the Ewok as Isaac. That was uh, yes, yes. I I always liked when I was a kid on the love boat when they had. When Isaac would drop some wisdom, do you know what I mean? We all gathered around the, yes. the TV as a family because the bartender is going to teach us how to be better children. Of and so they're on the show and they, they had an, uh, a, a really cool little feature on The Last Jedi novelization, which, mm-hmm. you know, they, which is a little bit controversial at the time. They announced they're going to bring it out in March, so there was no spoilers in there. I thought it was an awesome idea. And they're going to have all these um, new scenes. There's going to be some sort of funeral for Han. And Mm -hmm. in the clip, they say, like Ryan Johnson, it's got his voiceover saying, you know, there's deleted scenes in the, Mm -hmm. you know, from the movie in the book. And it shows this scene of Ray yelling to Luke Skywalker at night. And the caretakers are like running around in the background. And she says, Something like, um, you might ha- hate the legend of Luke Skywalker, but I believe in it. Or yeah. It's this crazy little Easter egg. Did you see yeah. this? I did. I did. Why isn't everyone I, going crazy about this clip? I think, I, oh, wow. I think that people, I don't think, 
I don't even know how to answer this without like, uh, uh. I think it's great because <laughs> I think what she said is very true. That, and I think that part of it is, I think it just got cut for time. You know, it's the kind of thing where I'm going to guess that it was something the effect of, you know, that, that showing, not telling that if, if a moment had to go, the, 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 the sentiment behind that scene was still there, but no, I mean, I think that, I think that, um, I think that says a lot that he has given up on the legend of Luke Skywalker yeah. and he never, I don't think he ever really wanted to be the legend of Luke Skywalker. I think he wanted, you know, this was a kid who once upon a time wanted to go to the Academy. Yeah. And then, I, and then I, I again, it's he, like, you know, I think he wanted to be the legend until Darth Vader chopped off his hand. And said, I think he wanted to. I don't think he wanted to be a legend. I think he wanted to. His the bottom line is with Luke. If we really go back to Luke's story, Luke wanted to be a pilot, right? He wanted to join the the. He was going to go to the academy, and I love that was the Imperial Academy. That just sort of gets like left out. That bit's a little bit confusing. How he wants to go to the academy, and it's like, hey, are yeah, you, it's the. Do you well, want to be a film trooper? No, he wanted to be a pilot. And it's just like, you know, it's like those kids that go and join the army because they want to fly jets. I mean, it's the same thing. But he wanted to go and and do that. And then he runs into Obi-Wan because he's got a missing droid. And now Obi-Wan's like, let's go fight the Empire. You know, here, you can use the Force. The only thing that gets Luke out of Tatooine is the fact that literally the stormtroopers burned up his family. He says, there's nothing here for me now. So he didn't, he didn't decide to go off and fight the empire because he was drawn to do it. It was like they took his family, and I think he he wanted to avenge them. And then as he as he went through that and he wanted to fight the tyranny and stuff, ultimately I think that Luke, I think Luke was got full of himself, which is I think Jedi has a lot of conversation about the hubris of the Jedi and what eventually brought the Jedi down. I think he saw that in himself and he's like, I don't want this. I don't want this legend. I don't want to be this guy. This guy just got a bunch of people killed. I'm out of here. So it made sense to me, but I like it. You know, the, uh, and if everyone watches this clip, I think a lot of the scenes from the actual, like these are like never before seen shots Uh from the movie. They, they all seem to center around the subplot that got cut of the, the raiders that came to Octo yes. and um, they were there to, they were there to pillage. And I think by getting rid of them, Ray, that's like the running that, that, that sort of mm-hmm. now sort of that scene that we all saw in the making of her running, she's running to get rid of the raiders. And I think through doing that, then the caretakers go, Hey Ray, you're all right. We forgive you for ruining one of the houses and almost killing two of us. Right. And we all live happily ever after on the island. It's, it's, it was a beautiful subplot, and um, it's gone. But it'll know, be in the book. Will, it will be in the book. And look, I mean, I think that a lot of people, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I know there's people, why wasn't Han's funeral in the movie? Or why wasn't this in this? Or why wasn't that in that? And it's like, at some point, you you have more ideas than you have time to tell them, which to me, I think is great that we have novelizations or that we have these abilities to go in and look at deleted scenes because, you know, it may feel really important and precious to us, but the question then becomes, was it necessary in the movie? And that's, you know, like, I don't know, but to me, that's, you know, it, it is. So that to me, the, the novelization is great because you get to kind of dig in and see these things that for some reason couldn't make it onto the screen. Um, so it just rounds it out for me. Unless yeah, it directly it, contradicts something in the movie, I'm fine, you know. Yeah, it definitely makes it a must read for me. Yeah. Like when it's got those little, those little bonus scenes because it's, it's sort of through the happenstance of the way the original film was edited. Like it's been this, time-honored tradition of, of extra scenes in the books. Like, you know, I remember when I was little and that the scene with Biggs on right. Tatooine was just like, this is amazing. 
I cannot right. believe this is extra Star Wars in this book. Does everyone know about this? I, I found right. there are several pages in this book that are not in the movie, Mother. Did you know about this? Yeah. <laughs> we found them later. How cool is that? And then you watch it, and then you're like, maybe I know why this wasn't in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... No I, slam I'm, on Kelly. I, I'm very excited. These Seeing these new little... I don't know, any, any new Luke Skywalker action. And it also really gets me excited for the Blu-ray as well because like, yeah. you know, I'm sort of um, counting my Easter eggs before they're hatched on no. the Blu-ray. But I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see a bit of that scene in the deleted scenes. And I'm more caretakers. More you want more caretakers. caretakers. I know this is a thing for you. They, uh, I, I need to be cared for. I'm, I'm a very fragile um, inverted commas man so um yeah i could i could do with a caretaker or two but um let's get to some calls if uh, you want to join us 646-668-8360 if you're listening live that number should be just above where you're listening on the streaming deal let's go to our first caller it is 310 who are you and where you're calling from you're in the wrong place steve saunders No, oh this is my place. I thought for certain you'd be at the scum and villainy cantina. Hmm? Oh. <laughs> we'll meet you there. Come on by. <laughs> we'll, yeah. I think it's from a certain point of view he belongs there, don't you think? I think so. I'll be back yes. there before long, buddy. Don't worry about that. But, That's um... right. Me too. <laughs> yes. Are these the um, are these the podcasters I've been looking for? <laughs> I'm so glad to hear you. Well, it's so good to talk to both of you today. Hello, all. Hello, sir. How you doing, Mr. Stanton? Happy New Year. I'm good. Thanks a lot. Happy New Year to you too. Yeah, it's been a while since we've talked, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it seems. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was yesterday or. A decade ago. Exactly. Time definitely flows differently in the Star Wars universe than <laughs> elsewhere. True that. True that. Hey, um, one thing, Stephen, that hasn't get brought up much in everyone's sort of critiques of The Last Jedi was, was the voice work. And um, you're one of our most favoured purveyors of the art form. Uh, what were you liking in the uh, new film? Well, The Last Jedi had some uh, some incredible performances all the way around. I have to say, for me, you know, one of the one of the joys was listening to Frank Oz, the director, mm-hmm. back and his Yoda. But I have to say, um, Andy Serkis's performance as Snoke uh, really it just it just it took me by surprise. You know, we had seen a part of that character in the, in the, the force awakens, but I was not prepared for what he brought to that performance in, in this movie. I was, I was really enthralled by what he gave on, on screen. He, so he did the amazing thing that like what the emperor did to me as a child was like, he had, he annoyed me. Like he bugged me as a, like, like he got under my skin with how annoying and cocky he was. So when he got um, shivved in the side, I was like, as a little kid, celebrating that this like annoying bully got his, which is pretty pretty good work. Yeah, like uh, Scott Farkas in A Christmas Story. You know, when he finally gets beat up, you know, you're so <laughs> you're so glad, even though it was a brutal fight, you know, and blood was shed. You're glad to see him get a comeuppance. But, but you know, it was uh, what I what I thought was great was because Snoke. I mean, there were there were a lot of comparisons to that character being like an Emperor Palpatine type, and he really took it in a in, I thought in a direction that was very different from that. It wasn't just like a carbon mm-hmm. copy of a Palpatine character. He really they really I think they made him kind of his his own personality, very distinctive. I really enjoyed <laughs> the Snoke character. I have to say. And I want to I want to kick back one night with um, with you, Mr. Stanton, in matching gold robes and gold slippers, Snoke style. We'll have like a a gentleman's Snoke club. 
Well, you know, if Ashley Eckstein, if her universe doesn't come out with that gold robe, I mean, we're going to have to talk to her and say, like, come on, you're, you're missing a, a, an opportunity here. Because, you know, there's going to be people, people that want to cosplay as Snoke. But then, as you said, this is the perfect way to sit around, you know, with a bowl of popcorn in your red throne room to uh, watch the Blu-ray of uh, The Last Jedi. What did you, uh, would, would you Snoke it up, Shana? <laughs> <laughs> Me? I think that I, I would be willing to, uh, to at least offer, you know, the attitude and the voice. I don't think I can pull off that robe, but, but I think that, uh, I, I, you know me, I'm more than happy just to go hang out and, and cause trouble. So why not? Yeah, well, Besides, not if I'm hanging it. out with, with the Snokes, then like, really, who's going to mess with me? Yeah. But if, if you, if you're going to go in with that attitude, you're not going to pull it off. You've got to go in with a Snoke's worth of conf- you know, confidence in, in the Snoker's Lounge. Really? <laughs> the now, see, there's something. You just like a celebration, dude. They do the running of the Wilrow Hoods. I yeah. want to see a whole of people in those gold robes either doing a dance routine or in you know, lounge chairs or I something. I like the Snoker's Lounge, by the way. That, that <laughs> yeah. is a Killer name, and somebody I think definitely you should trademark that so that when somebody inevitably <laughs> uses it for a strip club, before it becomes a pillow, it paid. right? Right, <laughs> how great you do a Star Wars themed strip bar called Snoker's Lounge. Uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if that's an appropriate use of the license, you guys. So let's just, just I'm sorry, out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, right? This is why That's I'm not allowed on in public. Uh, Stephen, we've got um, three more nights essentially of Star Wars Rebels. Are you uh, are you pumped for the finale and maybe a, a little bit sad? I am super pumped, and yeah, of course, I'm a little bit sad. This is uh, another chapter kind of uh, coming to an end of the Star Wars saga, one that uh, we've been following for a few years now. With uh, I think everyone's come to, you know, they've come to love this little family on the coast, this extended family, and, uh, you know, everyone's a little worried about uh, the outcome, just as, you know, everyone was kind of worried what's going to happen at the end of the Clone Wars kind of thing. You know, it's, it's um, it, you know, there's there's... There's no guarantees in Star Wars. Who's going to make it? Who's not going to make it? It's all. It's a. It's a crapshoot, you know. So we just got to sit back, wait and see, and hope for the best, right? Is there anything? Well, can you tell us anything about what we might be seeing? Or anything? Sliver. Say is hypothetically. Don't, I, don't, don't do that because I know Stanton's like he'll start doing the thing where it's like I, I, you're cutting out. Uh, 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 Oh, come on. That, that thing went out the window two days after the podcast was invented. Right. So but that old gag, nobody does that anymore. I'm quoting, I'm paraphrasing for blue thunder. Uh, those of you who are fans of that movie. Um, I will say this. I, I really, I really think this is the only thing I can say is that you're really going to be surprised at what you see. And I, and I don't want to say surprise in a good way or a bad way. You're just going to be surprised at what you see. Mm. There's some, going to be some unexpected things happening here. So just brace yourself, you know, but um, you can, you can trust Dave Filoni. You, you know, you know, what always comes out, uh, comes out in the wash. It comes out great in the end. Dave never, never lets you down. He's a star Wars guy. He trained under the, the auspices of, you know, George and mm-hmm. uh, this is star Wars. So, you know, I think you just sit back and enjoy the ride. That's that's what I always try to do. I, I you know, whether it's the motion pictures, you know, I, I, uh, I really kind of divorce myself from the technical aspects, or even if mm-hmm. I was in it, you know, Rogue One, Rebels, whatever. I sit back and I enjoy the movie, and uh, it's uh, it's a better way to do it. Thank you. Actually, that's great, and it, you don't give anything away, and it's perfect. So. I I uh, I will happily take your advice. I, I saw this the other day on your uh, Twitter feed. You you posted up this Indiegogo thing for a book. I am Hi Boo. I, I, I checked it out. I couldn't work out exactly what 
like you were, had to do with it. it it's like a it, it's sort of a cool book idea about uh, like teaching children about um, how to care for animals and to respect animals. How did you get involved with this, or are you involved with it? I am involved with it. Uh, that will uh, that will unfold as the project unfolds. But right now, Haibu is a it's it's a series of three books, and the books are done. The books are actually finished. My friend Blake uh, is the author of the books, and uh, the Indiegogo uh, they launched that just to uh, help promote with the marketing and uh, of the books to get it out there into schools and into people's hands and to get awareness of the uh, of the book around the world. Um, it the uh, the Haibu concept. It's it's about a little girl named Haibu, and uh, she finds out that she has the ability to talk to animals and uh, she goes on her missions around the world uh, trying to save animals from bad situations and she does that along with her friends and um, uh, my friend actually partnered with uh, Wild Aid who uh, is uh, very big in discouraging um, the use of uh, wildlife products you know like shark fins and elephant tusks and things like that so uh, you know, there's no real political agenda here other than to treat animals right. I mean, that is really what Wild Aid is all about. You know, Harrison Ford has been one of their spokespeople, Lapita Nyong'o. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people across the uh, different uh, spokespeople from around the world because Wild Aid tries to reach uh, people all around the world uh, and teach them about, you know, treating animals, uh, you know, with respect. And and that's what, uh, that's kind of the... Uh, the core of the the Haibu stories, and you know she's um, she's a little girl, but these are stories of of girl empowerment. My friend uh, Blake wanted to make sure people understood this was not just another princess story, in which you know the girl's life is incomplete without her prince. She's uh, she's independent. She's a gifted child. You know she defies all the odds, and uh, the story's got a lot of action and a lot of heart and. Uh, She's from the very northernmost parts of uh, of the planet in Iceland. Iceland. She's an indigenous person from uh, from Iceland. So, it's a it's an it's, like I said it's a it's a great concept. And like I said, the books are done. You can pre-order them on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble. But you get a better price if you go to the Indiegogo. And they've got a few little extras. And like I said, that money helps to go to promote. Uh, the marketing, you know, of the uh, of the book around the world. So it's a good cause. Gotcha. And, you know, I... Well, um, yeah, I, I, Emily in the chat has just said she's going to get some for her nieces. And that's when I looked at it. I was like, oh, I hope there's like a, a one, a, like a, a level where you can actually get the books. Like sometimes I see these fundraisers and... One of the items, like one of the rewards, isn't actually the item that you're raising funds for, which is sort of yeah. like the original form of fundraising sort of thing. That's the original crowdsourcing. You make something that people want to buy, and I like it when you can support something in advance and get that item, like the end item as well. So I'm going to get the little three-pack of, three of books in the hardcover trilogy for my well, niece, Rosie. Who rides around Australia? That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, the books actually they're going to be once they're ordered, they're released on March first. So that's not that far away. And I just wanted to give a heads up. So the the books that are you know the the books are very nicely illustrated. They got some artists that were worked on uh, Magic: The Gathering, a World of Warcraft, and some games like that. And uh, they're going to make a preschool version as well. That's mainly a picture book with less text. That's for the little ones. You know that are under the age of, you know, where they can't really read, so they can get, uh, really look at the pictures. So there's going to be two versions of the well, book published. Yeah. And, well, I've got to tell you a little bit. This You're going to you're gonna love how Blake, uh, my friend, actually was inspired to do these books. A couple of years ago, on May the 4th, 2016, actually, I was supposed to go to a, uh, a first-grade class. It was kind of mixed in with first-graders in kindergartens, and I was supposed to make an appearance and give out Tarkin pictures and talk to the kids about Star Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Unfortunately... Work interfered. You know how sometimes those studios, certain studios, they kind of need you no matter where you're, where you, where you are, what you're doing. Uh, uh, you gotta go. I have to say, <laughs> the studios won't leave me alone. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm just exactly. saying, you studios, chill out. So I know where you're coming from, buddy. Yes. 
So, so I, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't go to this thing. So Blake volunteered to go in my stead. Now this is, you know, Blake is like, you know, he's it's like, okay, so he goes down there. I don't think he was prepared for this. All these kids just went absolutely crazy about these pictures. And he was so taken with the kids and the energy and the positivity in that classroom. I think he just wanted to do something. It just inspired him to do something with kids, especially in that age group. So that was kind of the genesis of this. So it actually has kind of a Star Wars beginnings to it. Nice. That is, um, and it's weird that its beginnings are due to your hectic schedule. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's funny because there's a little bit, there's some pictures that were taken there at the, at the event. You can see Blake sitting in the little school desk, uh, handing out the pictures to the kids one by one because we had given an envelope with all the kids' names on it. So he's calling all the kids' names out one by one. I never saw a guy with such a big smile on his face having such a great time. So I think he was, he was just as surprised as how much fun that was. So this kind of led him down the, like I said, the, the road to create this for, uh, for young kids. And he's done, a, he's done a great job. He's done a great job. And they're hoping to expand it into films and games and uh, all that kind of stuff as well. So That is awesome. That is, um, if people are looking for that, the link on Indiegogo, I'll put that in the show notes. I'll just post it in the chat room. But if you... I also retweeted it. If you're listening and you go to uh, Geek Girl Diva on Twitter, or you can go to Stephen uh, Stephen Stanton's account. So, yeah, it's out on Twitter. And uh, if you guys want to check that out, but also Steele's going to probably put it everywhere. This is actually really cute. I'm looking at the pictures and the art, and she's so cute. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty adorable. Um, but well, thank you guys so much for helping uh, helping us to promote that. I I really uh, appreciate you know the putting it out on social media. I think it's amazing that you're doing this. Little girls, you know, it's always nice when you can have a a little girl who's out there who wants to do things. And, and, you know, we are in a lot of ways taught, you know, little girls want to grow up to be princesses. So it's really nice when you can see a story that's not just empowering, but also helps little girls kind of find ways to do more for the world around them and also the fact that you know a certain portion of the proceeds of this goes to help wild aid like that's just to me that's great so it's a nice way to kind of contribute and also you know entertain your kids with something and so i i think it's great it sounds like an amazing project well, thanks, you guys. I really appreciate it. And we, uh, Wild Aid is very excited to be partnered with uh, Blake with this uh, this project. So yeah, yeah. And there's like uh, I'm I'm getting I'm getting tidbits of what I can talk about here. They do want to do a live action movie of this too. So they want to do a lot. They, yeah, they're, they do want to do a lot. So uh, yeah, there it's there's some there's some real excitement about this right now. So the books, like I said, there's three books in the first series. There's one is Haibu Lost in New York. The next one after that is going to be in the Ivory Coast. And then the next one is going to be her adventures with the giant panda. So it's all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) I I have a nefarious reason for this support. I, I saw this thing on Twitter the other day that an original, like a first run Harry Potter sold for like $200,000. Oh, I, I, I'm getting in on the ground floor on this Haibu business and then I can sort of like get the books back from my niece and then get top dollar on the uh, open market once this thing kicks off. Because it is, it does feel like I quite feel. a... Who gave what? You We're talking about help. No, 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 why no, you're doing this. No, no. Why can't we help a bit of Saunders while we're helping finish. the animals? Let me finish. You can help the animals. In fact, if you do this the appropriate way you'll be able to help the animals twice because any collector knows you buy one to open you buy one to keep <laughs> so if you're really going for it you need to that's true you don't want one with those fingerprints on it everybody that's knows right. that uh, right you gotta listen I, i've dragged a lot of weird stuff into my house in the name of star wars <laughs> but people that buy two copies of a book, one to open and one to not, that's, I, I have to, I need to sit down and have a chat with them. It's, really? It's, yeah. <laughs> you can't, oh. none of this mint and sealed package business for a book, please open the book. I bet you anything. There are people listening to your podcast right now that have 
mint collectible copies of every Star Wars <laughs> artifact book out there. So I suggest you watch it. <laughs> That's true. Wow. My friends all used to do that when they were buying Ooh. comics. One, one to keep, it's one to read very, you know, gently. <laughs> well, Stephen, thanks for calling in, man. It is always uh, such a treat to hear you and um, assorted friends from a galaxy far, far away. And yeah, best of luck to you and the crew on the book. It, I, it looks great. I think Blake's done a great job. Well, thanks again. And, um, you know, just hang on tight for this Star Wars Rebels. Boy, let me just tell you, it's, it's going to be a wild one. It's going to be a wild rap. Stephen, I just want you to know, I just personally want you to know how much I appreciate all the work you do, you know, all the voice work you do. You've brought so much to Rebels. And so just, you know, just personally, it's it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And you're always in such a great headspace. And so just personally, thank you for me as well. Well, thank you. That's very sweet. I, 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 I appreciate that. I mean, you know, Rebels was, I'll be honest, Rebels, you know, I, when they started that, I wasn't sure necessarily that I was going to be involved. And I was uh, very happy that uh, I was asked to come back and not only, you know, bring back some old characters, bring, you know, create some new ones. So it's been a wonderful, creative roller coaster ride. And um, I'm glad to say that uh, I got to be a part of it. We cannot wait. I'm I'm nervous that I'm going to like the end, but I'm excited to see it. And I'm I, I definitely after the Last Jedi. I'm I'm more flexible in my Star Wars. I've, I've been stretched out. I'm very limber. I'm feeling limber in a Star Wars way, Stephen. Is this the sort of conversation you want to have with me? Uh, I don't know, you know if I want to hear you have this conversation with him. I'm not sure what you know. I'm. I, I don't really know. He's, you know, he's he is from another country, and sometimes uh-huh. he uses phraseology that I, you know, it's, it's probably slang from where he's from. Um, you know, but, but here's, I would say, watch it with a friend. Watch it someone you know. You can you can grab onto, you oh, know, no. like you know, you know, and say like you know, hold me or whatever Gra- you need so to do. So you're saying to- we should bring the Kleenex? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. I know how he gets, and uh, you know I, I don't want to. Like he's, I don't think he should watch it alone. He should have a, a support group there, whether it's his, his wife, Jason, or any of his friends. I think you guys should all do it as a group, okay? Um. <laughs> and <laughs> Star Wars, you know, Yodas and stuff on your jam- pajamas, and then have a have a powwow, talk about it, have a uh, what did they used to call it back in the sixties? A, a happening. They'd have a happening, you know, and uh, you can sit around and, and chat about it. Yeah, we call them podcasts, Stephen. <laughs> okay. There you go. That's just the that happening for, uh, for 2018. You know what? Get together at the Snowcouse, and uh, <laughs> you're going to have to talk to Reifenberg about getting the snow, Snokers Lounge in the uh I think Stoneman that Village. would be amazing. That, that should be the new piece. Oh, yeah, there you go. That says you can have a retro T-shirt that says Snoker's Lounge on there. I, you know, I, I don't know. This printing up T-shirt business, it's, um, it's a bit hack these days. <laughs> Who am okay. I kidding? Yes, it is- I will print that up. I'm going to print that up. Well, we look forward to hearing your voice in various different roles throughout the last six episodes, Stephen. All right. I'm not going to say and- anything. I'm just going to just... <laughs> Listen close, that's all. <laughs> Steven's just going to fade off into the temple. Yeah, me and me and Mendo, we're going to go out and have a glass <laughs> of wine, right? Oh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, well, see you, Steven. See you, Mendo. Okay, you guys take care. Bye-bye. Have a good night. All right. Steven, Stanton, calling in. Always so cool. a... Uh, a cool thing. It, it is a happening when Stephen's around, actually. He's a, Generally, he's a, always. He's a guy that <laughs> makes things happen. What we're going to do now is, if you're listening live or you're on the Patreon feed, the show will keep going. If you're on hold, we will get to your calls. Got a couple people on hold. But if you are listening on delay on iTunes or just from a regular podcast app, We are about to wrap up the show. If you want to hear the bonus section, as well as hours of bonus content each week, join us at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. There's a brand new episode of the Robbo Report, our notorious call-in show caller, 
from uh, the East Coast. We do a show together and we just did a, uh, a two-hour app chronicling me and Robbo met for the first time at the live show in New York. And he, he gives me a job appraisal about my live show performance. So, so that's fun. And if you haven't actually listened to the, uh, the live episode with uh, Ronnie Chang from The Daily Show and Heather Antos from Marvel, it's funny. Check it out. We had a very good time. Now, Geek Girl Diva, you're writing on for StarWars.com and all over the place. Where can the good people track down your internet presence? Uh, If you're looking for me, you can find me at Geek Girl Diva pretty much anywhere. Um, So, yeah, Twitter is probably where I am most active. And if you're looking for my writing, you can generally find me at uh, Sci-Fi Wire and StarWars.com. Um, and I got a few other places that I write for. So if nothing else, you can always check out my bio on Twitter. There's lots of happening stuff going on in everyone's bios. It's a hot there spot. is. It is a hot spot. Um, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, next week on the interview episode, we have got Jordan D. White from Marvel Comics, answering some tougher questions and a lot of fun stuff. But uh, I have had a relationship, an interesting relationship with Marvel Comics. And it's interesting to hear why people do stuff that maybe you don't agree with. And it sort of helps you understand it and become more flexible. I'm so flexible, Geek Girl Diva. I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. We are off into the bonus section. May that force be with you. Alrighty, let's go to 347. Who are you and where are you calling from? Hey, Steve, it's Emily in Brooklyn. Emily Lee, how are you doing? From the Dispatch. Dispatch. Hi, Emily. Hi. Hi. Hey, you guys. If you've stuck along with the episode for this long, then we're obviously doing something right. So tell the world by going onto iTunes and leaving us a sweet five-star review. It bumps us up the rankings, vouchers to other potential listeners that we're doing good stuff, and also makes your host feel warm inside. If you have a couple of seconds to spare to post one up, I'd really appreciate it, and I will see you on the next episode.